Hey, this is, uh, this is for the Christian faith, uh, this is the greatest weekend ever to celebrate uh, the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for all of our sins and give us complete forgiveness uh, before the Father, and then to celebrate the fact that he rose again from the dead, totally victorious over the enemy, and... Uh, what a great day. What a great weekend. So thank you. This is the first of four uh, services that we'll have over this weekend where we get to celebrate. And uh, I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Uh, I want to talk about for just a few moments, empowered living, empowered living. Have you, have you ever had the power go off at your house? Have you ever had that happen? Uh, it is, uh, it's, it's a terrible, it's a, it's a first world problem for sure, but it is a terrible experience uh, when the power goes off at your house. And I remember once several years ago, uh, we had a big snowstorm, and this is what it looked like from our front porch uh, after the snowstorm. And it is gorgeous, and it looks amazing, and uh, people are always so happy about snow. I am not a fan of snow, and this weekend is why I am scarred forever, because this beautiful white snow caused our house to have no power for five days. Five days. That's right. Five days. I'm a lot tougher than I look. Uh, you knew my wife was tough, but, uh, but five days, no power, no heat, as cold as it could be, no way to charge the phone, no Wi-Fi, come on, dark, no, and maybe the worst of all, no way to make coffee. Come on. I mean, this is pretty close to what Jesus experienced three days in in hell. And, uh, and fortunately, there was a guy that in our church that's a, uh, that loves us and, and brought a generator uh, to our house after about two days. And we couldn't leave. We, we are dog lovers. And at the time, we had three dogs in the house. And so this generator is running outside the house. And extension cords are everywhere in our house. Uh, we just, I mean, literally had extension cords running all the way outside stairs to a bedroom, and, uh, and maybe the most important thing that we did with those extension cords is keep those phones charged. And uh, I remember when our house is, is kind of set back a little bit away from other houses, and, uh, and we're kind of on a grid, but that grid is, um, is actually very sparse. And so the way they get power back on is the most populated grids, power grids, they turn the power on. And so, uh, so power starts coming on in, this, in, in our neighborhood, and literally, like, there's a house from me to the middle row here that their power is on. 
and I am looking, going, could I run an extension cord from your house to, you know, their lights are on. I, can, I know they're warm in there. They're watching TV. They're drinking coffee. They're loving life. And here we are frozen for five days. I think there are a lot of people uh, who feel powerless in life. They feel, they feel helpless. They, they feel like uh, there are things that life throws at them that uh, they don't have the power to take care of it. They don't have the ability to handle it. And you watch the news, and it just comes at you like a hurricane sometimes. You go through your personal stuff. And, and in, in many ways, uh, people feel like they are become the victims of whatever life is throwing at them. And what I want to take a few moments and talk about tonight and this whole weekend is this idea that the resurrection, Easter, demonstrates to us the power of God that can be directed toward our life. That your life has the potential not to be powerless, but your life has the potential to be powerful. And, and I, I, what I really want us to get a hold of is the idea that Easter is not just an event that happened to Jesus, thank God it did, but it actually shows the possibilities that God has for your life and my life. And so I want us to read a, a, a prayer that uh, the Apostle Paul prayed, the Holy Spirit gave him in the book of Ephesians, uh, just a couple of verses tonight, Ephesians 1 verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of the power, that his power that is toward us who believe? These are all in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Come on, this, you know, Jesus is not just a nice guy. <laughs> Paul's prayer is that the eyes of our heart would be opened to, to know the surpassing greatness of his power that is directed toward us who believe. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it, that power is directed toward you. It is directed towards me. We can be empowered by a power that is greater than ourselves. And so what I want to say is to understand to live powerfully, you do not have to be powerful. You just need to realize the power of the one who is for you. <laughs> that God never intended for you to be a victim in life. 
He never intended for you to feel powerless or helpless in life. That there is, in fact, directed towards you an, ex an exceeding great power that causes you to be powerful because of the one who is for you. I was thrilled to have my friend bring me a generator, and that's a, that's a good thing to have that kind of a friend. Amen. But can I just tell you that the power of God directed toward our life, the resurrection power of God directed towards our life is way greater than any generator ever could be. Right? And, and I, you know, I think sometimes people want to reduce Christianity to comfort. I remember one time when Suzette and I were in Australia and we had been ministering in a church and, the, and in the afternoon we were at a shopping area and we're, we, this girl engages us in the conversation and says, so what have you guys been doing today? And we said, oh, we just went to church this morning. And she goes, oh, that must have been peaceful. And I said, I said, I said, no, it wasn't peaceful. It was exciting. It was wonderful. It was exhilarating. It was, it was inspirational. It wasn't just... Jesus comes to give you peace. I'm glad he does. And please don't reduce Christianity to just obeying a bunch of rules. This is a powerful way to live. So I like this passage because it says all of these things are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. These things, the, the hope of our calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and the surpassing greatness of his power directed toward us. I think in many ways, we're all living way below what God has provided for life to be. I remember when, uh, when I was uh, in just starting in high school, uh, I, am in, I am in ninth grade, and there was a kid named Eugene Cordes, and I, Eugene Cordes used to bully me mercilessly. I mean, every day that I couldn't, couldn't find a way to avoid him, uh, he would pick on me and just try to shove me around and, and just was a bully to me. And then one day, I, I finally had enough. And we're on the bus, and he's being a smart aleck, and he's kind of pushing me around on the bus, and he's challenging me, and he says, come on, man, let's, let's fight when we get off the bus. And I just finally had had enough, enough. You can ask my wife, I can be calm for a long time, but when I've had enough, I can be a scary animal. And ask Eugene Cordes, because, <laughs> because I, I, when I said, all right, come on, I was scared to death. I thought he was going to pound me. But we got off the bus, and we got to tussling like two white ninth grade suburban boys. It was vicious. 
<laughs> and all I remember is we kind of were wrestling and fighting, and, and the next thing you know, I am sitting on top of Eugene Cordes. His head is right between my knees, and I'm going, and I thought, ah, you know, I don't care. And uh, I got up, and that was the end of all of his bullying because he realized, he realized what he was starting to deal with now. That's right. A little ninth grade white suburban kid. <laughs> he was just a bully. He was full of hot air. He was full of bravado. And I want to say that for maybe for you, life has tried to bully you with sickness or financial issues or maybe work problems, bad breaks that have happened that just don't seem fair, don't seem right. Maybe you've had a, some relationship breakdowns that you just throw your hands up and go, I don't even know how this is happening to me. Maybe you're here just with a stalled out dream and you feel, you feel bullied by what's going on. You feel shoved around. And, and I want to say that all of us somewhere face something. I mean, life doesn't spare anyone, and, and you're, you're not going to be spared adversity. I'm not going to be spared adversity. But you are given a power that is far greater than you are. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's directed right at you. Ephesians 1.18, this passage that we're reading, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Your heart can see things that your head can't see. Your heart can know things that maybe your head hasn't caught up with yet. And I hope we all understand that your heart is not just your emotions, uh, and emotions are not a bad thing, but we certainly don't want to live ruled by our emotions, how we feel about everything, because some days we feel good, some days we don't feel great. They're not a bad thing, but we don't want them to be in control. But when the Bible's talking about your heart, it's not just talking about how you feel about things. It, the, your heart is the center of your being. Your heart is, is really you. And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4 to watch over your heart with all diligence because from your heart flow the springs of life, flow the issues of life, flow the borders of your life. In other words, your life isn't happening to you. Your life is happening through you. But what Paul is praying here in this passage in Ephesians he is, he is praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to see something that maybe your natural eyes don't see, but the eyes of your heart can see it. You, you always end up going toward what you see. For, for a short season of time, uh, I owned a motorcycle. I had a, I had a big Harley Electroglide. It was enormous. It was a big bike. And um, I, I learned about this concept called target fixation. 
You ever heard about target fixation? Target fixation is this, this motorcycle or biking oddity. It also happens when people are skiing like between trees. And the basic idea is this. Don't look at the tree. Look at the space between the tree because if you fix your eye on the tree, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, you're going to hit the tree, right? And so, so if you're driving a motorcycle and you're going, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, you get fixated on the wall, guess what's going to happen? You're going to hit the wall. You're going to end up hitting it. And I remember I had just gotten my motorcycle, and I'm still kind of wobbly on this thing and trying to figure it out. And uh, at the time, had a, dra uh, a gravel driveway, and I remember somebody saying, oh, you know, you could easily slip in your bike on a gravel driveway. Now, I'd driven in and out of this driveway, I don't know how many times, countless number of times, but all of a sudden, in my mind was, you can slip on a motorcycle in a gravel driveway. The same gravel driveway that I had ridden on dozens of times, if not hundreds of times. And I am, I am riding this big bike, and I, I mean, I'm just like five miles an hour, maybe seven. I am riding, and in my head it's going, motorcycle slip on gravel, motorcycle slip on gravel. And do you know what happened? The motorcycle, I didn't do it, the motorcycle <laughs> slipped on the gravel, flew out from under me, and landed on top of me, on my leg. And I had, I had three immediate responses that all happened within about two and a half seconds. My first was, ow, I hope I didn't break my leg. And I got up and walked on it and thought, whew, man, I didn't break my leg. Thank you, Jesus. And then I thought, oh, I hope I didn't mess up my bike. And I, and I looked at my bike, and it was fine. And then immediately, and this, I'm telling you, this happened in two and a half seconds. I thought, I hope nobody saw me. <laughs> you go always toward what you're focused on. And I want to ask you a question. Which set of eyes are you using? Which set of eyes are you focusing with? The, the eyes that just see what's going on around you are the eyes of your heart that would be enlightened to be focused on a God who is for you. Empowered living says this, I may be facing a sickness, but my eyes are on the healer. Amen. You know, empowered living says, I may be facing financial struggles, but my eyes are on my provider. I, I may be facing things to worry about, but my eyes are on the Prince of Peace. I love this verse, uh, again, in verse 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you'll know what is the hope. Everybody say hope. The hope of your calling. We are all called to live in hope. Now, hope is a positive expectation that your future 
is going to be great. That God is in charge of your future. And I want us to know that God wants your life to be leaning into the positive. He wants you living a positive life. 1 Corinthians, let me read you a few verses. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now faith, hope, love. Those are positive things. Faith, hope, love, abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Jeremiah 29, 11, New American Standard says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for calamity, but plans to give you a future and a hope. I like the way the message uh, puts Jeremiah 29, 11. I know what I'm doing. Aren't you glad he does? <laughs> You know, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not abandon you, plans to give you the future you hope for. Come on, that's the God we serve. Proverbs 23, 18 says, surely there is a future and your hope, your positive expectation that your future is going to be great will not be cut off. And then last verse I want to give you is Romans 15, 13. I just want you to see this is throughout the Bible. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I know. There are a lot of things that want to steal our hope, that want to steal our expectation that the future is going to be great. And I want out of tonight that there's something that happens inside of us that goes, you know what? Maybe my last season was tough. But I can be tougher. And even more than me being tougher is there is, there is one who is for me who is tougher. I want to say this to you. Why can't the next five years of your life be the best five years of your life. We don't, we don't really know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And even though sometimes we all feel powerless in moments, we all feel helpless in moments, I just want us to remember, this is what we celebrate this weekend. The devil thought he had won the total victory. I mean, you know that he would have expended every um, ounce of power and cunning and deceitfulness and everything within his power to keep Jesus in the grave, to keep Jesus in hell. But the Bible says that the power of God was directed toward Jesus and completely overcame the enemy of our souls. If, if God could do that for Jesus, what could he do for your future? The power of God is aimed at you. Will you open your heart to receive it? I, I want to pray together. Would you take a moment with me and bow your heads and close your eyes? 
Father, as we come before you tonight, many of us at different times in our journey have felt powerless. We're just thankful to be reminded that the power of heaven is aimed toward those of us who believe. We, We do not have to do this on our own. You are for us. And I'm praying for every person in this room that has never actually opened up their heart to receive the love of God, the help of God, the Lordship of Jesus, that you will speak into our soul and draw us to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to be done in just a moment with this Good Friday service. But if you're here tonight and maybe you've never just surrendered your life to Jesus, I would love to pray with you. This is not a call for you to get your act together. This is a call for you to open your heart. Maybe you're here tonight and there was a day when you used to be close to the Lord, but you know you're not now. This would be a great moment for you to come home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand with God. Nobody's looking around. I just want to pray with you. I want to stand with you. And I know God is calling to your soul right now. If you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to give my life to Christ. Or I know I've slipped away. I know I need to come home. I want to. I just want to feel sure that I'm right with God. Would you pray with me? I want you to lift your hand right now all over this room and say, yes, that's me. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Come on. Everybody at some point is going to have to face the moment of saying yes to Jesus. Let's say it in a moment when his love is calling. Let's say it in a moment where hope is calling. Is there anyone else that would just say, yeah, include me in this prayer? God bless you guys. Let's all pray this together. Thank you for everyone who lifted their hand. But I would like everyone in the room to say this prayer with me. We're all going to do this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a new beginning, a fresh start as I give my life to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.